forever. Dog! Hi, Emma. Hi, Andrew. And hey, everybody else. This is Scary, Scary Stories, Stories to, to Tell on the Pod. Podcast about a podcast. A podcast. A car park. <laughs> we have rituals. Oh, my gosh. This is really hard. My tongue is not working properly it's, today. Everything's a lot. Everything's um, fine. Everybody calm down. Yeah, we could edit it, but I but, thought you should know what our brains look like on the yeah, inside. Yeah, we respect you too much. Yeah. We're sort of the smoker's lung of um, mental states. <laughs> um, yeah. So this is a podcast about scary ideas and spooky thoughts and scary stories. And today is the Urban Legisode where we dive into scary things that people have told each other. What a treat. What a treat. Yeah. Um, and today's Urban Legisode is for me. It's my turn. Um, it's a thrill. Yeah. Um, and... This is inspired by a movie that I decided to watch very bravely on the plane back from Edinburgh. That's a good, um, on a plane is a good place to watch a scary movie. It really is because it's on a small screen and the um, sound is always going to sound a little stupid because the plane is going, "Ah!" (laughs) And every 12 Ah!" minutes, someone's like, do you want pretzels or Cheez-Its? Yeah. Or Terra Blue Chips? Can I tell you, it was a six hour, like six and a half hour flight roughly and we were given two meals, I think like three hours apart, and each meal had a different kind of ice cream with it. Oh, my! what was this? Fancy Dancy Airlines? It was. <laughs> They're so bad at flying a plane. I know. It's, the, the pilot came on and he was like, I'm fucking hungover. Don't anyone ask me anything. I'm Fancy Dancy Airlines. <laughs> it was ballin'. Yeah. Um, Oh my God. I'm damn. Wait, what was the first ice cream? What was the second? So the first ice cream, I guess you could say is really more of a um, key lime cheesecake, but it felt like it had like a mousse texture. Frosty kind of. Yeah. It wasn't frosty. It was just sort of, it had the um, consistency of an ice cream Mm. and that was good. But then the second, the first, well, the first meal was almost inedible. It was a salad. And I thought it was going to be a good salad because I'm a good person who deserves good things. Oh. And every part of it was bad. The lettuce, bad. Croutons, bread. Oh. Chicken, thankless. <laughs> Dressing, uh, salt, salt water. Oh, my God. It was an insult to my face. Wow. And then there was, uh, the, the other option was a pizza twist. Or a croissant full of like five different kinds. It was like cheddar. This is just me describing plain food, which is a scary story. But it was a croissant with cheddar, Swiss, and like ricotta and ham or turkey. Too much cheese. It was like eating what lines your blood vessels. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the problem. It felt great. And then after that was a, a magnum bar. Um, oh, like uh, ice cream. Like yeah. A, yeah, yeah. It was the crazy, with like a dog on my lap. I felt like the craziest person in the world. Boy, they trust, they trust their passengers a lot more with food. Because like a Magnum bar that can get drippy or getting chocolate on things. Uh, yeah, I guess it was smaller than a regular we're, Magnum bar. We're animals. So it's just we like, are animals in a, in a plane box. I did fly a plane back from our friend, uh, our friends Claire and Henry's wedding with our other friend David Sidorov. And I was given a meal on United Airlines and David was not. 
Why? I don't know. Were you in different, were you in the front of the plane? I don't, we were not, not I was not like in a special class or was anything. Was David asleep? No. Was he in the bathroom? No. Did he take really a big was long like, pee? <laughs> no, he really, he really was like, I was like, yeah, and that, you know, veggie pasta was crazy. And he was like, I didn't, what? I didn't get any veggie pasta. I choose to blame David. And then I was like, did I imagine eating veggie pasta? <laughs> that I was just, my tray was down and I was just, dum, dum, dum. What a low stakes, scary story. <laughs> But by the end of the plane, the flight attendant said, we don't have meal service on this flight at all. That, like something mildly good happened. And then I jumped out of the plane. Yeah. <laughs> and then into pasta. Into pasta. Obsessed. So you watched a scary movie on the I plane. I watched a scary movie on the plane. And the scary movie is the kind of movie that I'm obsessed with that I'm afraid to watch because it makes me so scared of my house. Um, the movie was starring Patricia Velasquez of The Mummy. <gasps> La Llorona. You did it. I did it. Wow. I freaking watched it. This is a movie that came out. Every so often there'll be a scary movie that comes out that me and Andrew text each other about. Oh my God. Uh, because it has a tangential relationship to the mummy, which is our sort of Old Testament <laughs> as a friend. Patricia Velasquez is definitely, um, she's de like a King David or like a, like from the Old Testament. Like she's like an important figure. In she's that. an important figure. She's not the star, but she is important. Yeah. She's one of two women. Yeah. With lines. Right. So she's kind of a Delilah of the, yeah. of the Old Testament. Well, I guess that stunt actress must have had some kind of a bump because she was, oh, yeah. she she was had, very featured. She had it. Um, <laughs> the woman who guided Winston through the fountain, she must have been a featured background. Do you guys want us to do a live uh, accompanying to the mummy? <laughs> oh, um, my God. That should be like, we don't have a Patreon. I don't think we're going to get one. But right. if we did... That would be a special feature. I feel like we'd all have a really good time. We should just do that every so often. <laughs> it's just every Saturday and it's just us. No one else is invited. It's for the four fans who would kill us if they could try. <laughs> if they could try. <laughs> if I could try. Yeah. Thank you so much for all your nice comments and how you continually like um, ask for pictures of the back of our heads. It's like really cool and sweet. Really and sweet it. and cool. Yeah. To <laughs> send us a smell. I don't know what that means, but... Um, <laughs> So wow, this is, uh, today I'm going to do The Legend of La Llorona. Oh, that's, this is a spooky one. It's spooky, but I have to say the movie, we'll get to it later. Great. I'll say what I thought of it later. Okay, great. I am now just shamelessly reading from the Wikipedia page, yeah. which Wikipedia is Spanish for encyclopedia. And yeah, Hannah established before, Wikipedia is a book, so don't freak out. It is a book. Um, okay. In Latin American folklore, La Llorona, or The Weeping Woman, or The Crier, uh -huh. Yeah, that one's a little more. Just a little bit of a crier. Derogative, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, like, if someone called me a crier, I'd right, have their asses. a crier, huh? Yeah, she's well. a crier. Oh, well, yeah, she's a lot. Uh, <laughs> is one of the most famous oral legends. Don't. Mm. Okay. Um, the lore states a woman was abandoned by her husband and was left alone to raise her two sons, whom she instead drowned in a river out of grief and anger. As a result of her actions, the woman is condemned to wander for all eternity until she finds the bodies of her children often causing misfortune to those who are near or hear her. The oral story represents La Girona as a person, legend, ghost goddess. This is not a good description. She's a real ghost goddess. Cut that out. Okay, so I'm going to be reading from Wikipedia. Um, the legend described in this article is a generic version of the Mexican version of this folktale. Other regional variations of the story exist. That's funny. I thought it was just a Mexican folktale. I didn't hmm. realize that it had legs. Um, <laughs> it works. It works. Um, the legend is said that in a rural village, there lived a young woman named Maria. She came from a poor family, but was known around her village for her beauty. 
One day, an extremely wealthy nobleman traveled through her village. That's trouble. Mm-mm. I don't know. Where are you going? No one should travel. Where are you going? <laughs> yeah, through a little village. I really, when I was a concierge, I hated my job so much that I became some kind of radical who was like, people should just stay where they're... <laughs> <laughs> Not like in an immigration way. Just no. truly, I was like, no one should go on vacation. Yeah. I think that that's hateful. I think that there should be taverns that's it. where you can eat and sleep. Go to the river near your home. Dip your feet in. I don't like working at a hotel, so I don't think there should be hotels. Does that make sense? <laughs> um, uh, so uh, no woman's going through. He stopped in his tracks when he saw Maria. Maria char- was charmed by him and uh, he was taken by her beauty. So when he proposed to her, she immediately accepted. That is a mistake. If your relationship is that much fun at the beginning... Yeah, this is going to go down. <sighs> highs of highs and lows of lows. I got a problem with that. Stick if to you, the rivers and streams that you're you used to. If you really like the person and you don't know them, Mm-mm. of course of course, you like them. You don't know anything about them. Yeah, if someone is just in town, you're not, don't get married. You're just excited that they're not going to be there anymore. <laughs> um, Maria's family was thrilled. She was marrying into a wealthy family, but the nobleman's father was extremely disappointed that his son was married to poverty. Uh, they built a house in a village to be away from his disapproving father. That's fun. Eventually, she gave birth to a son and a daughter. Uh, her husband was always traveling. That's funny because I feel like in other stories, it's two sons. Yeah. But in this one, you got one of each, which yeah. is great. And you Scary. got it in the right order. You got a son and then a daughter because boys, as we know, are older. <laughs> boys are older. <laughs> That's it. That's our shirt. Um, uh, her husband was always traveling and began to stop spending time with his family. Mm. When he came home, he only paid attention to the children. And as time passed, Maria could tell that her husband was falling out of love with her because she was getting old. Oh, Maria. She turned 15. I wish I could tell you that it's different elsewhere, but. No, it's hard, hard mistake. Mm -hmm. Um, One day he returned to the village with a younger woman and bid his children farewell, ignoring Maria. I feel like he could have skipped that trip. I don't know. Right. To say goodbye to your kids is a lot more traumatizing. I don't, I don't, don't know. There's blame no, her. Yeah, don't, just don't. Uh, yeah, actually, skip that. Just don't bring the young, your new young bride anywhere. Don't be the person that you are. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great rule for scariness. It's important. Yeah. Don't be who you are. Just stop. Um, Maria, angry and hurt, took her children to a river and drowned them in a blind rage. Um, and I think part of it is that he... She's taking the one thing away from him that he, that he values cares about. his children. Oh. What if he um, just like loved his footlocker or something? She would have just taken it in. Not the item, just the store. The the, the footlocker that he owned in town. He calls it my footlocker. <laughs> oh my God. Oh. Corey Freeman Lott, member of Gentleman Party. We're not broken up. We're still a no, group. We're still, we never officially broke up, but we were a very fun sketch group. We performed at MoMA. Guys, answer the doodle. Um, <laughs> wrote a very funny sketch about a flight attendant explaining uh, the safety features of the plane, and but it's that she keeps calling it my plane. Right. <laughs> and then you gradually realize that this flight attendant just is also the pilot and really this yeah. is like, this is my plane. I saved up for a long time and I really like it. I bought a big, bright, beautiful plane. Watch it fly. <laughs> the exits may be behind you on my plane. <laughs> <laughs> the cut, I think the craziest line in that is the line about like, look at it fly because if you're on a plane and someone is telling you, you to, look at, it to look at the, look at my plane fly. 
<laughs> She's never flown it before. Yeah. The funny thing about Corey Freeman Lott is he is so incredibly funny. And then it also is just an incredibly talented. Just like a DP. massively in demand DP. Right. But then like so he's like, yeah, but then sometimes I do comedy and everything's fine. Yeah. And also I'm like a very good performer. Right. It sucks. And also one time Tig Notaro made fun of my laugh. Is that right? No. Um, we were, oh no, is it, we were performing at this comedy festival and we were, we opened for Tig Notaro, if you can believe it. Ooh. And, um, <clears throat> Tig Notaro like did her set. And at one point she said a thing that was incredibly funny, but it was a bunch of college kids. But Corey was in the way back of the theater and laughed. And he has kind of, he's the sweetest guy in the world, but he has kind of a nefarious laugh and laughs sort of like, <laughs> yeah. And, um, he's got a very, uh, baritone voice. And, uh, and then Tig Notaro said, wow, what a nefarious laugh. And then she said, or else someone else is just trying out a new laugh. So that was a very funny burn. <laughs> That's funny. Got to trying try a new laugh. Oh my God. I, sorry, side note, went to a show in Edinburgh with uh, friends of someone that I know who's a friend. Uh, it was friends of her friend. What's happening? <laughs> I killed someone. Um, I'll just admit it. Uh, yeah, it was like someone who's a friend who I don't know super well. And then her friend and then someone that her friend didn't know super well either. We all went to see a show together, a comedy show. And I was sitting next to this girl and she was like 23. And the first joke happened and she went (laughs) No. And she was bouncing up and down in her seat and doing little claps like, and then she would cover her face like (laughs) (gasps) Oh ma'am? Ma'am. No. It was, and she did it the entire show. And the comic did call it out because he had to, because it was like if someone were just screaming in the middle of the room. Oh. And it, to me, was sort of the living embodiment of being 23 when you're like, I'm having fun. This is the last tangent I'll do before we go back to what Please. this podcast is about. Um, but in high school, I was friends with a with a really wonderful girl who truly sneezed like this. And this is no exaggeration whatsoever. Okay. Whack. Wee, wee, wee. <laughs> <laughs> that is... How she would sneeze. Whack. And every class, like at the, the first of every class at the beginning of every school year, she would sneeze and a teacher would be like, uh-oh, a student has lost their mind and I'm going to have to. Whack. And then, and then the camera would have to be like, no, hi, I'm sorry. That is how I sneeze. And I'm not doing it on purpose. It is just how I sneeze. Oh and we God. would have to see as year after year after year. Different teachers would be like, what is whack? (laughs) Here's Uh, my note for that. (laughs) Sneeze different. (laughs) Be different. Laugh different. You can change it. I know. I've absolutely shoved down every part of my personality since the day I was born. Stifle your sneeze. Swallow your cough. Don't yawn. Every instinct you have, you can corrupt it and make it smaller and better. This is Anna as the mom from A Quiet Place. (laughs) (laughs) It's weird that sneezing never comes up in that movie. (laughs) This family's just completely hypoallergenic. I'll also say A Quiet Place scared the hell. Oh, wait, no. A Quiet Place. Oh, I think they should have killed the baby. No, I was thinking about Bird Box. They put the baby in a cooler. That's a fate worse than death. I thought that that was like poison gas that was going to suffocate the baby. And I was like, that's fair. <laughs> pull out. <laughs> yeah. If that you, is a good point. You got to pull out. If you got out. salt lines on the ground, you know when you're ovulating. Just pull out. Right. Anyway. People have done this for hundreds of years. Um, um, bird box really anyway, scared Sorry. Me. Back to La Llorona. Okay. So La Llorona. It's important. Okay. Here we go. 
Um, doody da da dee. Um, uh, Maria angry and hurt, uh, drowned her children at the river. Um, she realized what she had done and searched for them, but the river had already carried them away. Days later, she was found dead on the riverbank. She had committed the two ultimate sins. And then the Wikipedia page capitalizes these two words, murder and suicide. Challenged at the gates of heaven for the whereabouts of her children, she is not permitted to enter the afterlife until she finds them. I don't know why the kids wouldn't have gone to heaven. Ma'am, or your kids. Ma'am, hi, we want more kids in here. Bring us kids. (laughs) Hi, welcome to heaven. Bring us kids. Okay, I see that you're sopping wet. Uh, Where are the drowned kids? You are crying, and for me, that is a vibe, but I actually do need two kids. So sorry. I need kids. I don't make the rules. I am the rules. I am St. Paul, and I do... (laughs) I need kids for friends. (laughs) I need kids for friends. (laughs) Is what a pedophile says. Yeah, yeah. It's no, it's completely non-sexual. It's I just need actually, kids for friends. I just like get they get me. We both like cartoons. I have an Invader Zim uh, patch on my backpack. I just relate. I don't iron it on. I pin it on because I'm afraid of getting in trouble with my mom for like <laughs> ruining something. But to me, like I know I'll always like Invader Zim, so it's not ruining it. It's just changing it. I need somebody to show me how to make those cool dollar sign S's. That I see everyone else in heaven making. I, I just don't know how to do it. Don't know how to do it. I know it's something about like hockey or something or skating. Right. And it's like you Superman. make six lines. I just don't know where the lines go. Yeah. Mine always turns into a swastika and <laughs> I keep getting in trouble. This is heaven, ma'am. Get your kids. I need kids. Okay. Um, she's not permitted to enter the afterlife until she finds them. Stuck between the land of the living and the dead, she spends eternity looking for her lost children. She is always heard weeping for her children, earning her the name La Llorona. It is said that if you hear her crying, you are to run the opposite way. Mm. If you hear her cries, they could bring misfortune or even death. Many parents in Latin America use this story to scare their children from staying out too late, which honestly, that would work on me. Yeah, it's really smart. Um, La Llorona kidnaps wandering children at night, mistaking them for her own. She begs the heavens for forgiveness and drowns the children she kidnaps, which like... I get it. I've done things the wrong way before. Right. I've acted against my own self-interest by compulsively doing the same bad habits that Mm -hmm. got me into the situation that I'm in, Mm -hmm. where it's like the solution to the problem is the problem, but more. Yeah. I can't falter for that. And in all fairness, part of this seems like heaven's fault. Like, shouldn't they be like, hey, ma'am, you keep drowning kids and bringing us drowned kids that are not your kids. But you keep not bringing us the kids because they keep getting lost in the river. And famously, like, if you go, if you are a kid in a river, you stay in the river. But if you're a person in the river, you go to heaven. Right. Like, we we can't let you in here, but we can put you up at a Best Western. We can, like, put you on the wait list. um, But it is, we are full capacity right now, unless you have kids. (laughs) And that is just for friends. Wow. I didn't realize how close it was to the, like, Banshee like the Irish oh, banshee. Oh, yeah, I don't know like the hear, banshee. Well, it's like if you hear her cries, like misfortune comes you to you. You go cuckoo. Yeah. I love misfortune just as a concept. Yep. I love it as a word. I like every part of it. I like the way it sounds. I like the way it looks on the page. I like what it represents. Mm-hmm. It's just like calamity. It goes with that. Yeah. Um, also like how misfortune was so much worse um, like back before there was like um, germ theory. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Like, oh, but like gosh. something went a little bit wrong and someone could die. Yeah, we ate all this room temperature meat and, and something that, went, we just ran into <laughs> bad luck. That was a solution to a problem, which was we were all hungry for room temperature raw meat. <laughs> I'm going to say something crazy. Okay. Let's just 
take all our meat out of the fridge. Wait a fridge. minute. Are you going to say, wait. Just to, like, like, let it sit out. Oh, my God. And just until it's warm enough for flies to be wait. like, what's that? Let's eat it. Okay, you're literally my favorite bitch because I was going to say exactly that. <laughs> Two days later. <laughs> We're friends, everybody. We're friends. <laughs> oh, my God. Misfortune. Um, Gotta run the other way. If you hear her crying, run. Which, that is just good. Ex- uh, that's good advice for any kind of girl crying. You gotta run. Because the women's emotions are uh, pathological. Women's emotions are a ghost. They're ghosts, actually. <laughs> um, uh, death and misfortune. Oh, and the rest of that sentence was similar to the Gaelic Banshee legend. Hey. Among her whales, she is noted as crying, I me hijos, which translates to, oh, my children, or, oh, my sons. Wow. Um, she scrapes the bottom of the rivers and lakes, searching for her sons. An underwater ghost is scarier. Absolute nightmare. Um, it is said that when her whales sound near, she is actually far away. And when she sounds distant, she is actually very near. That's that, scary. That is very scary. <gasps> and also. That's hard to know which way to run. Right, ma'am. Ma'am. Pick a distance. Pick a place to be. <laughs> Sound where you are. Sound where you are. This is how you survive a ghost. Sound where you are. <laughs> um, man, wow. that's it's a really good. It's good because it's like it's a legend that makes sense because it's rooted in like telling kids to not stay out late. Yeah, which kids love staying awake. Right. It's a see like there's a um, analogous so like nursery bogies. Have you heard about this? Nursery no. bogies are like the. Um, the kind of British Isles version of like a cautionary tale. And it's like, there are oh. all these specific. I thought it was just like measles in like yeah. uh, Los Feliz. <laughs> uh, I'm fucking funny. Kaylin. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted your no, rib. That's a really good. No, if there's any reason to interrupt my dumb bit, it's to tell the truth, which is that you're very funny. Oh my God. That is London Hughes's the comedian from. Edinburgh, she comes out and she goes, hi, I'm London Hughes and I'm very funny. <laughs> it's great. I like her already. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, so. Nursery bogies. Yeah. So nursery bogies are like very specific. Like there's one called Nellie Longarms. Ooh. And literally her function is to keep kids from getting out of bed in the middle of the night. Yeah. Because it's like Nellie Longarms is a crazy old lady who lives under your bed. <gasps> and she's got r- no legs, but very long arms and she'll snatch you. And then th- they're all women, by the way, which feels yeah. lo- loaded. Yeah. Um, and then there's Jenny Greenteeth who lives in puddles. No. And if you like splash around in puddles, then she like sucks you down into the puddle. And she bites you? Uh, she just keeps you. Assumedly to eat you. Why do we have to talk about her teeth? Um, Because uh, she's like mossy and gross. She like yeah. lives in bodies of water. I feel like we could have backed it. And then the there's Rawhead Bloody Bones, who I think is <laughs> just a non-binary. Like there's no, we don't gender Rawhead Bloody Bones. Yeah. But uh, Rawhead Bloody Bones lives in uh, like abandoned houses or dumps or amidst a bunch of trash. Um, oh, and that's to keep you from playing in the trash. Yeah. Which kids famously love. Yeah. Playing the trash. Truly, you can't keep them away from trash. You want to see, I love all those viral YouTube videos of little kids in their feet pajamas eating breakfast and the parents tell them, guess where we're going today? And then they open a little uh, box and it's um, a dead mouse. And they're like, oh, we're going to the garbage dump. <laughs> you thought I was being real. I really, I you, was, you were nailing the earnestness in that. Wow. Thank you. I'm a really good actor. Um <laughs> I was doing the Mickey Mouse. Call like, back. Uh, yeah. It's the whole thing. But 
I guess Disney is less exciting for you as someone from Florida. No, it's always very exciting. Um, it would, but the problem is if you were a Florida kid, by and large, unless your parents were really Disney people, you didn't do like a Disney vacation. You'd go for the day, but you, there would not oh, be so a lot of crazy. hotels. Yeah, a lot of hotel staying. So you had that, to see it in one day, which is why when I do go to theme parks with with people who are like, "We're doing three nights," and I'm like, "What are you expecting to do each day?" I want to look at Donald Duck. For an hour and a half. I just, just want to figure his body out. I want to track his movements. Mm-hmm. I want to know where he comes out from. I want to know when he goes on his break. I want to know what FSU major is in there, whose name yeah. is Chelsea. Are they all the same height? They have to be. I think they are, yeah. I think it's between five foot and five two. Yeah. I went on a OkCupid okay date years ago with a Disney prince, and it was, oh. he was damaged. Oh my he was God. by the experience. He was like, we met at uh, that old, one of my old favorite restaurants, Cafe Orlean, rest in peace. And um, he, I was like, how do you like living in the city? And he was like, it's just much um, dirtier than like, like Disney has a New no. York. And I was like, oh no, he's talking about oh. Disney, like Disney's New York. And he'd be like, and it's funny, like, I think I like that one better. And I was like, oh, where is there and then he unloaded um, a bunch of like hot goss about Disney. Oh my God. Yeah. Did he get, um, it was just absorbing people's sexual love for him all day. Yeah. He, yeah, he was Cinderella's prince. And I think he just was, and then he came to New York and he was like, here I am. I'm ready to be an actor. And then he was like, I think I'm going to go back to Disney. Oh God. It's hard to be a concept. Yeah. You, yeah. Oh, it is very hard to be a concept. And it's, I mean, much harder for, for people playing the princesses for the shelf life for a prince, I think is longer than the princesses. If I'm wrong about that, let me know. Someone was telling me about, being a Disney, she was a character at Disney, but she wasn't, she wasn't like the villains, but she wasn't the princesses. And she said, yeah, I have the wrong nose. <gasps> and I was like, it's crazy that that is okay. I had a student once when I was teaching playwriting uh, at NYU, I had a student, like I used to say this thing at the beginning of the school year, I'd be like, like, what is a place that you could see yourself in five years that you'd be like very happy? Like, what are you doing? What are you, you know, like. Um, and very often people would go around and be like, I run my own theater company back in my hometown or like I'm on Broadway or like I'm uh-huh. on, um, and, and we got to this one student and she was like, I want to be a Disney princess, at Disney world. Ooh. And I, it, my, that was my years, it, five years. Oh, that was my okay. first impulse of like, Ugh. um, and then, and, and she just didn't seem like incredibly happy there. And then she left school and she became a Disney princess. She just like did it. Left school. She like. She left NYU. She was Disney princess, I think, for like two or three years on she a cruise ship. left? And then she came back, I think. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Get it. Like, you you do what you want. Now you're back in school. And I think that's great. It's hard to quit those cruise ships because it's good oh, money. yeah. But you are like away from the industry for right. a certain amount of time. So and you're I kind of. believe if, if Tina Fey is to believe, they all have pistols. Because if, yeah. if the ship goes down, then they all have pistols. Like, we're That's just so giving funny. a bunch of BFA, BFA people pistols and being like, everybody get in the ship. Get it on a boat. There should be an Academy Awards for <coughs> favorite chapters of autobiography. Oh, that's a perfect. That, oh, my God. Yeah. That's really good. I love the part when she's like, they were giving out Coca-Colas and someone was like, do you have a caffeine-free Coca-Cola? And Tina was like, if God had a sense of humor, he would have blown our ship up right then. <laughs> Like something like, excuse me. Oh my Chief God. Kevin yeah. And James Anderson makes a feature in that. Oh yeah. Chapter. That's oh my true. God. Speaking of La Llorona. 
Um, um, so so oh. it's not it's not just Mexican. No, it's not a Mexican. It's Latin America. She gets wow. around. She travels. She actually loves to travel. She feels the most at home when she's traveling, and she knows that that's like a crazy thing to say, but it just sort of makes sense. Do we think that the reason why? Because I love, um, I love a female ghost archetype. Uh-huh. Um, although it, when you think about it, it's kind of troublesome. Like, why do you think we make like Banshee, La Llorona? Like, I have a really not fun read of why. Oh no, okay. I think it's that like there's such a narrow right way to be a woman that Ooh. like anything that steps all outside of that is pathologized. And uh, yeah, like the ghosts all have needs. <laughs> Yeah. Like a ghost in her wedding dress or like a ghost whose children died. It's like it represents fears that men have about what women will do to them. Yeah. So much of it is like rejecting motherhood or rejecting men, you know, like. Yeah. Or like needing them to come here. This is, this is, uh, it has. I watched this documentary series about Lorena Bobbitt. Uh-huh. Who oh, cut okay. her husband's fingers off. It's sad. very it's very sad. And and it was a thing where I was like, oh my God, this thing was a joke. Yeah. For everybody. Like I was like five years old and I was like, ha, ha, ha. like it all seemed so <laughs> a man got his penis lobbed off. Yeah. She threw it in a field. And it, it's like a thing that sounds super funny, but then when you unpack the reality of it, and when they interview her and she's like such a normal person who was like, I was in a toxic, abusive relationship. Yeah. And I like did this thing. Yeah. And she, and I mean, like, she didn't go to jail or anything, but she's like, it's ruined my life. And my husband, and like, my ex husband had like a porn career. Yeah. You know, we love And he, that. Was an ab- he was an abuser. Like, it's just, cr- and then, but yeah. she was kind of turned into this, like, um, like, very horrible approximation of like um, a sexy, you know, Psycho. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember there was a Lorena Bobbitt somewhere in an X-Files episode, which is how I learned what it was. Mm. Um, But yeah, it's like that. Also with Amy Fisher. Oh, yeah. Because I'm from Massapequa, which is where Joey Buttafuego's, yeah, Yeah. Joey Buttafuego's auto shop is, which is like, she was a teenager. Right. And it still was like a punchline that like, oh, she shot his wife. It's like, you shouldn't shoot a wife. Here's just a tip. Don't shoot a wife. But also like, (laughs) she's like a teenagers like right like you don't do that it's it's really you're right it's not like a it's not a fun answer but it is like i think it's indicative and i also think like i don't know who our modern day like boogeyman or boogie people are i think it's billy eilish Mm, fun yeah like a like a fun boogie 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 person duh (laughs) um her constant bloody nose i find very scary what she um she always she's always nose? like in her videos or things. I feel like she has a lot of bloody noses. Oh, and it's kind I'm of like worried. part of her vibe. Maybe I'm, I'm sure wrong. she's great, but uh, the um the sort of character that she plays I find to be very troubling because it's like oh the '90s are back and there's I just know. nothing we can do about it. And they're putting her in like very baggy stuff. I think to like I don't know. It is it's hard. It's like a the teens are coming for our jobs. <laughs> The teens soon, teens. soon the teens will be in old wedding dresses. The tip, the tongue, the teeth of the teens. <laughs> we just cursed all teens. Honestly. You heard it here first. It makes you stronger. Your teens have been cursed. Your teens are cursed. Um this um, is a very this is a very spookier. It's a legend. spooky one. Uh also I saw the movie. Oh yes. Um Linda Cardellini is in it because she has brown <gasps> hair. Uh-huh. Um, which reads mom. In, it reads mom. It universes. also reads like for like vaguely 
Latina, which I always find troubling. Oh, no. Like when I was in graduating college, they would always tell us like, if you're blonde, dye your hair brown because then you can go out for Hispanic roles. No. <laughs> yeah. No. hundred percent. Oh, God. It's um chilling. 2009, not a great year. Oof. Um, but yeah, the, uh, uh, yeah, so she's in it. Patricia Velasquez is in it. And then the, the priest from, uh, the doll, Annabelle. Oh yeah. Yep. And the conjuring. He's in it. He's in it. Patrick. No, I don't know. I don't know his name. Uh, but it was like a padre something. Um, he's in it in two setups, but both in a church. Mm. And he's like, I can't go with you. You need to go with this person. And it's like, oh, he just, he just didn't, they couldn't get him for more than one setup. (laughs) Uh, That's very, it was like in the church pews and then the office. Oh no, there's an exterior scene, but it's all around the church. Yeah. Priests can never go to a second location. He just doesn't, he doesn't feel like it. Yeah. Um, but I, so I was so scared of being afraid when I got home. It's sort of like eating junk food and then you feel bad. Like I was so, all I'd want to do is watch scary things. But then when I get home, I am just truly spooked out of my mind. Yeah. I was not scared of La Llorona. Huh. Because the actual ghost herself is not scary looking. She's a sad woman. Have you seen the face? Um, I feel like it, it pale, pale, and then dark circles under the eyes and maybe no. a dark lip. Well, this picture is scarier than she looked in the movie. Let's see. She's got yellow contacts. Oh, yeah. That's not as scary the as of her eyes She's are crying black. blood. She's crying like black eyeliner. It's my chemical romance. And she's also <laughs> wearing a wedding dress, which is like, can we get on the same page about what? Right. What is she? What her deal is. If you dressed her up like an actual mom, I think I, I think I'd appreciate it more. Yeah. There was a scary moment where, uh, so she's been scary this whole time. There also wasn't any good rules about how the ghost functioned. Uh-huh. Um, because sometimes they could see, it was like, you can see her through a window and they could see her through a clear umbrella. And I was like, oh, that's kind of a cool, uh, construct that like, you have to see her through a veil of some sort. Oh yeah. Like they could see her in the water. Um, but then there would be times where she was like invisibly drowning someone and then she would be visible. Yeah. You gotta be consistent. You gotta be consistent, which like that made it less scary for me. (laughs) Um, and then, uh, her face just isn't that scary. There, but there was a scary part where um, for a second, the girl, it's like that thing where you connect with the scary thing, sort of like in Godzilla where it's like, no, no, I think I have a good heart. I can uh-huh. talk to it. And then someone else ruins it. Yeah. Um, where she bends down to uh, the girl and she looks beautiful. Like she looks like she looked in life for uh-huh. a moment and she's looking at her like, huh. And then uh, a sheet falls off of a mirror. They're in the attic. She falls off of a mirror and she looks in the mirror and she looks like a ghost in the mirror. And then she goes, ah, and the glass cracks. And then oh, she gets mad again. That's yeah, scary. that's scary. That, just like the idea of like, what do you actually look like? Which like I get. I thought I looked hot and then saw a picture oh, and been like, oh. Everyone looks great from a front angle. And then suddenly you catch yourself in profile. Yeah. Bye. You turn into a I ghost I don't know too. how to pose for pictures. I'm like, I guess I put my hand on my hip. And then it's <laughs> sort of like I'm making myself as big as possible. Like there's a bear coming. <laughs> Oh, that's really, I like this urban legend a lot. Yeah. it's, so it's It really has picked up a lot of steam, too. There was a whole haunted house of it, of it at uh, Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios. Oh, did you go? I didn't go. I, I saw some clips, um, and there, it was a lot of her, like, eating kids, which I was like, this feels off-brand. Oh. It was a lot of her, like, um, 
like a huge her, like a big version of her head. And then there'd be like someone halfway in her head in their bed, like ah, screaming is like she was eating them. That didn't happen in the movie. No, that's and that's not that's not canon. That's not canon. Um, you need if I learned anything from Tommy Sonoda, our mm-hmm. directing teacher, the rules of the world are important. Be clear. Yeah, be really clear. Uh, yeah. And that's it. That's it. Let your own everybody. The podcast is over. <laughs> Just a cold blackout and then we never speak again. Go in peace to love and serve the ghosts. <laughs> and leave after the benediction. Uh, bye, Anna. Bye, Andrew. And everybody else, get out. Get out. Forever. Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.